As the presidential race ramps up in the remaining days before the election, you have a choice to make. You may have already made your decision regarding your candidate of choice, but if you haven't, have you considered the weight of your decision? It's time to go the second mile in determining your presidential vote. Hey, this is Travis Agnew. Thank you for joining me for the Second Mile Podcast, where we seek to live out the words of Jesus from Matthew 5.41, where he said, if anyone asks you to go one mile, go the second mile as well. So in every arena of life, we want to do everything we can to follow Jesus. He's more than association on the side, but the centerpiece of the disciple's life. And so as we are in this election season, it is very important about uh, making sure that Jesus Christ is Lord, even over your ballot. And uh, as you consider the uh, your upcoming presidential vote, how you vote, I believe, also says something to the Lord about how you process things. Now, I want to go ahead and just, uh, if, if someone is looking to this podcast for me to tell you who to vote for, I do not believe that as a pastor that is my job. I do believe, though, as a pastor, that it is my job to um, encourage and equip uh, disciples of Jesus to think and live and uh, biblically in a way with integrity uh, and that they thought through the issues. And that's what the last few weeks we've been trying to really uh, go through some of the issues uh, about what does it mean to vote uh, and to live with a clear conscience. And so uh, as we think through this, um, I've heard a lot of people um, in the church um different generations, different backgrounds, talking about a way that they feel politically homeless right now, that in some ways they feel um, overwhelmed with the stances of some political parties, uh, but they also feel overwhelmed with just the candor and the uh, character of the candidates. And, um, and so a lot of people feel like that there's not a rallying cry. There's no one that they can stand behind with utmost assurity and confidence, uh, and so they feel politically homeless. And what's dangerous is is that some people may actually walk away from the process just out of disgust or frustration or confusion, uh, rather than, well, let's see what you can do as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so what I want to help you do today uh, is not tell you who to vote for, but I want to tell you how to vote. I want to encourage you to think I believe uh, an important way about when you determine your presidential vote and you do determine, you make that decision, what does that look like um, and how do you do that as a follower of Jesus, uh, knowing that your citizenship might be in the United States of America, but your ultimate citizenship uh, is in heaven and your ultimate allegiance is none other than Jesus Christ. And so to keep that in the frame of mind as you continue to follow him is that your vote does count and it does matter and it matters to God. So have you considered asking him, who you should vote for. So a lot of people will talk about, um, obviously, the, the nature of it, even if you feel like, you know, what's the big difference? My vote's not going to make that big of a difference. Well, if all evangelical believers said that, then uh, we know exactly how things would go, right? If people of conviction wouldn't vote in an election cycle, if everybody felt that way, there would be a major overturn. In fact, uh, it's kind of like if you've ever played the board game Jenga, right? That, uh, you know, when you first start out Jenga, there's this huge tower of blocks, and the goal is is that you're trying not to let the entire tower fall on you 
you or uh, when you're responsible. And so what happens a lot of times is that people are um, just taking out, you take out one block at a time, and as you take out one block at a time, it's getting more wobbly as it goes, and your opponent takes out one block, and then it goes down. And so you may say, okay, your vote's kind of like one of those blocks. Like if you take it out, the entire structure, it, it may be weakened, but it's not going to collapse. Well, if a lot of blocks take out from that tower, guess what? The tower falls. And I'd also say the same thing about the Christian uh, believer. As you consider your involvement in civic life and your involvement in making a vote, uh, maybe your vote is not going to change the electoral college or the overall uh, popularity vote uh, just by yourself. But if everybody steps back, what happens? But even more so, I think it does say something to the Lord about our involvement in things. I think if we want to be a first mile believer, first milers might cast a vote in the election uh, where they say, I know that I'm supposed to, and you go vote, and you might even get a sticker and put it on social media, right? But second mile believers, I believe they pray over their vote. They just don't assume things. They don't just rush into it, but they actually pray through it and, and wrestle through the issues so that when they vote, they can vote the clear conscience. I believe that in Romans chapter 14, uh, Romans 14, 5, uh, Paul gives us a very good insight and, and a principle of how we should live. He says, uh, and it was about a debate regarding things in the church, he says, each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Once again, the context was not necessarily in a vote, but I will say this, the, the context was about the church disagreeing on issues that were secondary in nature. And this is where it's going to be a little difficult for maybe some of us to kind of swallow that idea. But primary issue of the Christian is salvation uh, through Jesus alone. Uh, it's in the sufficiency and of the scriptures. It's in the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Like Those things are primary issues of which we, we must not disagree on, or otherwise we're in a different realm of faith, right? But secondary issues are those areas where you might be very, very convinced, uh, but there might be some open-handedness as far as to can a Christian believe this and another Christian believe something different. And so I believe in this. When Paul was talking to the church at Rome, he said, look, uh, there's some disagreements in the church about some things that are secondary in nature. And I'm just saying that whenever you make your decision, each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. And I think regarding a lot of this, that you need to be fully convinced in your own mind. You need to be fully convinced before the Lord, but I don't think that you need to waste a lot of time uh, really focusing in on, so what does this mean? Like, what uh, what does everybody else think? I don't think that you need to worry about what everybody else thinks. Uh, and so in this, what's an evangelical to do, a disciple of Jesus to do? I can't tell you who you should vote for, but I would like you to consider these suggestions. And, and the first one is this. Number one, you need to decide to vote. Uh, even if you aren't spellbound with any of the candidates, you still have an opportunity to vote, and that's a good thing. Can you imagine a Christian in another place or another time who lived under, say, like tyrannical times and, and comprehending that you have the ability to have a say-so in the election of your next leader and yet you stayed home in objection to the whole process? The next president is going to make significant calls concerning religious liberty, judicial morality, uh, and just the overall leadership of our country. So it doesn't really help to abstain from voting and then bemoan the outcome of the vote. Government is established by God. That's what Romans 13.1 says and Titus 3.1. Uh, but So it makes sense, though, that as a follower of God, that you need to be a part of the process that uh, is set up in our country while we have the opportunity because we're not promised it for long. And I know that you're saying, well, if God's sovereign, he's in control, but God has sovereignly allowed you at this time to be able to cast your vote to make a decision in that. And so to go against that process is not saying that you believe in the sovereignty of God. It means that you're not operating under the, the way that the agenda that God has sovereignly put up in this country at this time during your lifetime. So decide to vote.
So once you decide to vote, I also want to encourage you to do this. Number two, pray through the issues. So study, pray, uh, know what's at stake. Uh, like it or not, um, we all vote for a person and really not a party. And, and so you may say you were voting for a party, but you're electing a person into an office that they could get in that office and they could change the party if they wanted to. They could change anything really, right? Um, so you want to look at each person and what uh, that candidate supports. So you want to think critically. You want to pray strategically. You want to seek to honor God with a gift of your vote. And so if, if you are feeling discouraged, like the caliber of those candidates, well, you can pray through those feelings, um, but you really want to pray through the issues. And so I would encourage you, there's plenty of sites out there to say, okay, on the issue of um, uh, economy, this is what these two candidates believe. On the issue of abortion, these are what these two candidates believe. On the issue of marriage and equality and race and all different things uh, on international affairs, like you can look through and literally have a chart to say, okay, this person believes this way and this person believes that way. So look at those issues. You pray through them and you see what's the most important you think that as a disciple of Jesus Christ that you need to prioritize. You're probably not going to find somebody that agrees and lines up on everything with you, but I'd say you're probably going to find someone that's probably going to line up more so in your convictions in the area, as we have said before in Romans 14, 5, that you can be fully convinced in your own mind as you cast that ballot. The third thing I would encourage you to do that when you make your vote is to close the curtain. And uh, you may have already cast your vote. You may be in, uh, doing uh, in a different way. But if you go to vote on Election Day, what I would encourage you to do is that you get the opportunity to close the curtain or to be able to vote with nobody else watching. And you have that right as a citizen. And you don't really have to tell anybody else who you vote for. I mean, I know for all the benefits of social media, the system has really clouded the political process. And I believe it's upgraded the degrading rhetoric between citizens. And so if you want to publicly support a candidate, go for it. Have at it, man. Uh, but if you want to remain quiet, that is your choice. Uh, social media has a way of m making the quietest people uh, to be some of the loudest people online. And so be careful if and how you debate uh, in an attempt of winning an argument, you might lose an audience with someone that you need to really have a, a serious conversation of a spiritual nature with later. And so the beauty of the system is that you can be a closet supporter of someone, honestly, and everyone doesn't have to know who you've chosen. You can go in, you can close the curtain, you can make the vote, and no one has to know except for uh, number four. Uh, number four is vote quorum Dio. And quorum Dio is a Latin phrase that means that we uh, live life in the presence of God. And so the theological implications is that all of life is lived where God can see it. And so while no one else can see who you vote for in the election, never forget that God can see your ballot. So you want to vote with prayerful conviction that allows you to rest in the decision that you made. So your your goal in the presidential election should be able to vote with like the, the curtain closed and your conscience clear. And if you have a certain stance that directs your vote or if you have a certain issue that you hold dear, vote. Uh, and, and also while you do that, you can vote in confidence, uh, seeing that God sees your election, but more importantly, he knows your heart. And if you have godly motivations for your selection, then trust God's discernment and trust the process. Make a wise decision and trust God with the results. Deuteronomy one thirteen. even as Israel was being established, he, the verse says, choose for your tribes wise understanding and experienced men, and I will appoint them as your heads. So you make your decision when you vote in the presence of God. No one else has to know who you vote for, but God will. And so can you say before him that you made the right decision? And number five, I would just say this. You need to accept the results. In a few days, a winner is going to be recognized. And uh, whether or not you like it or not, can you accept the results and start to pray? Because Scripture commands for us to pray for our political leaders, as in 1 Timothy chapter 2, uh, even if they're not the political leaders of choice. So you do your role as an American citizen. You portray the character as a heavenly citizen and strive towards gentleness and compassion, like in Colossians 3.12. 
And so I believe that as believers, we can't uh, put all of our hope in the promises of politicians. It's the Prince of Peace is who we're after. And so I, I don't know who we elected, but I do know this. I want to vote with a closed curtain, a clear conscience. And no matter what happens, I know that who is the King of Kings, and I trust in that. I hope to see you on the second mile.